welcome to Wikipedia Podcast. I'm your host, Pastor Sam. Remember, Wikipedia Podcast is sponsored by Equipping the Persecuted, and you can find out more from Equipping the Persecuted over at equippingthepersecuted.org. Once again, that's equippingthepersecuted.org. They're a true boots-on-the-ground ministries that goes and does exactly what their name says. They go and they equip the persecuted over in Nigeria, whether that's through building alarm towers or whether that's uh, through going and building an orphanage or going in and building a school or going and rebuilding churches after there's been persecution that's happened or just going and supplying needs. There are true boots on the ground ministry that goes and really focuses on bringing the gospel into some of the most dire situations by going and helping out the household of faith. Go ahead and check them out at equippingthepersecuted.org. Well, I'm your host, Pastor Sam, and today I'm not joined with anybody, so that's a little bit different today. Uh, Unfortunately, not able to be joined with either Pastor Micah or uh, Kyle Witt, and so uh, today it's not going to be a super long podcast, I don't think, anyway. I can still be pretty long-winded, so you never know when it gets to that. Uh, But we do have some big news that we need to get to. The first thing is that Adam Greenway, that's right, Adam Greenway himself, the one who, if you go and you use, I don't know if it's current or not, but there have been several times where if you go and you use the promo code Greenway, you got a certain percentage off uh, over at enemieswithinthechurch.com to go into watch Enemies Within the Church, which is a film that you ought to watch. Of course, Wikipedia is a ministry of Enemies Within the Church, so go ahead and check that out. Free plug there, enemieswithinthechurch.com. But Adam Greenway, the former president, that's right, I said former president of Southwestern Theological Baptist Seminary, uh, has resigned. Uh, Adam Greenway has resigned uh, from that. Now, of course, um, they're going and saying that this is because he's following the will of God. Now, I, I believe it is true that it is the will of God that Adam Greenway is not there, but the reality of it is is that the reason why he's leaving is not because he's pursuing the will of God, but simply because they found that if you go woke, you also go broke. That's right, tons of financial problems over at Southwestern, and I mean, even the the most woke sympathizing people go and they say, well, look, Adam, you just can't do this. You've gone and you've ruined and wasted so much money so far, so we just got to let you go. That, that's kind of really what's going on, but Adam Greenway, nonetheless, is gone, so that is a big victory. Now, of course, the question will be is who goes and gets placed there in charge of Southwestern? Uh, will it be a, another Al Mohler acolyte who goes and talks a big conservative game, but behind closed scenes is just merely another woke hack? Or will it truly be a conservative resurgence, somebody more in the mold of Paige Patterson? Uh, that's that's kind of the big question that's coming up and something that you ought to keep an eye on. But nonetheless, it is a great victory right now that Adam Greenway is gone from Southwestern. Uh, in other woke news, um, in October, that's right, coming right up here, we're right at the end of September, but in October, specifically 7th through the 9th, if you are in the Chicago area, you could be part of the very first ever... <sighs> Drag Queen Christian Conference. Whoa. Wouldn't you want to be involved in that? I mean, look, if you can be a same-sex attracted Christian, look, if you can go against all Christian biblical moral ethics, 
why not go and get involved in dressing as drag and going and doing this? No, this is absolutely disgusting. This is terrible. Of course, there is a Drag and Spirituality Summit that explores the intersection of drag and spirituality. Let me tell you here, this shouldn't be very deep at all, okay? It should, I don't know why they need three days to discuss through October 7th through the 9th in Chicago. Uh, th this, this is the only intersection of, of drag and, uh, and spiritualities. And this is really being marketed as a Christian thing, okay? But this is the only true intersection of drag and spirituality. And that is, is that this is demonic. That drag is demonic. That's what it is. It, it's demonic. Uh, look, I, I, I hate to be frank with this because it's something that people don't like to hear. It's something that people don't want to hear, uh, it, but it's something that you need to hear. Okay. People who are homosexual, people who have become sodomites, people who uh, confuse God's design for sexuality, they cannot reproduce through a man and a woman because it's, it's a man and a man and, and, and babies don't come from men and men. Babies don't come from women and women. They come from a man and a woman. And biblically, they're supposed to come from a husband and a wife. Okay, that's, that's the design that it's supposed to be. So they don't come from a man and a man. And so the only way that they reproduce is by going and praying on, not, not praying, but praying on little boys or little girls. That's really the way that they reproduce. They go and they sexually violate other people. And one of the biggest ways that this is happening, one of the biggest uh, really grooming places is through this drag queen stuff. It's, it's grown men who, or really boys that can shave, who dress up like a woman and they try to get in front of children as, as much as they possibly can. That's why they're going and doing, uh, you know, drag queen stuff at, at Christian, not, not, well, hopefully not Christian anything. This is why they're doing drag queen story hours at libraries and at schools and different things like that. And they're just trying to go into draw in children. And, and I mean, there's tons and tons and tons of horrific videos that you can go and see this ridiculous stuff that, that, that is just, they're, they're preying on children, okay? And, and now you see that they're trying to go into spiritualized this. Now, the problem is, is that we've got uh, people who've gone and accepted the whole revoice narrative, which if you're not familiar with revoice, essentially it's trying to revoice what God has said on homosexuality and revoice it so that it is accepted within the Christian community by going and saying that it's okay to be same-sex attracted as long as you're celibate. Problem is, is number one, most of those people aren't celibate. Number two, they're also not uh, called to singleness. And number three, uh, it's not just the act of sexual uh, homosexuality or that sexual act outside of uh, outside of the bounds of marriage that is a problem. It is also even the thoughts and the lust. So even that attraction, which goes uh, beyond temptation, by the way, uh, that attraction itself is what? It's a sin. And that's the problem here is that we're talking about revoicing what God has spoken and said as a sin, which I always find this interesting when you go and you contrast that idea of revoicing, which is their word for it. This isn't me going and calling something. This is what Nate Collins picked for his conference, okay? He went and he picked that it would be called revoice. And he's saying, we're going to revoice what the church has been saying about sexuality for, for 2,000 years. And the problem is, is that in 1 John 1, 9, it goes and it tells us that we are to confess our sins 
This is how we're supposed to deal with our sins. We're to confess our sins, and he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, is what it says in 1 John 1, 9. And that word confession, what it means is to go and to say the same as God. To say the same as. So literally, the idea of revoice which is the same thing as what's happening here. They're trying to revoice not just sexuality, but now gender identity, okay? That the idea that you're born a male, you're, 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 it's fixed, and you're supposed to act like a male or a, a female. If you're born as a female, you're, it's fixed, and you're supposed to act as a female. They're going and trying to revoice these things as opposed to affirm what God has said to go and to say the same as God. They're trying to go and to revoice it, reframe it, put it in a different light. And that's the purpose of this conference that's happening in Chicago. So, I mean, that's something to keep on your radar. Uh, We've gone and we've seen this whole idea of sexuality being moved. We're now same-sex attractedness is accepted almost wholesale in Big Eva in, in evangelical Christianity. You've got J.D. Greer who went out and preached that infamous sermon that God whispers about sexual sin and that we need to whisper what God whispers about and shout about what God shouts about. Now, of course, all throughout Scripture, whether you're going and looking in the book of Genesis or you're looking in the book of Revelation, God doesn't whisper about sexual sin, but rather he shouts about it. Of course, in Genesis, you've got Sodom and Gomorrah. And by the way, you've got all kinds of examples outside of just Sodom and Gomorrah, but this is just uh, like a very abundantly obvious example that God's looked at this and he said, look, this is such a grievous sin. I'm going to destroy the whole city. And the sin, but by the way, people like to go into say, look, they were inhospitable. Well, I agree that wanting to go into literally rape angels is inhospitable. I 100% agree with that. That wasn't the sin that was being brought up. It was that fact that they were wanting to go into sodomize angels. That was the problem. That, that Not just angels, but anybody. That was the thing. There were anybody who came and visited, they wanted to go and to sodomize them. God uh, took that as such evil that they went and he uh, destroyed that whole city for it in the book of Judges. I believe it's chapter 20. You've got basically the same type of sin that came up that God goes and he, within the, uh, the, the Gibbites, in, in, I believe is who it was, and God goes and he tells Israel to go and to send uh, armies against this and they end up killing thousands, tens of thousands of people, uh, of their own people in, in their presence saying, Lord, do we need to go up again? He's like, yeah, you need to go get some more people because it's not just the idea of committing the sin because it was a small group of people who did this, but it was the supporting of that sin that was the problem. But then in Revelation, of course, you have this whole idea that the sexually immoral uh, will not inherit the kingdom of God. You also see that the sodomite and the effeminate, or, or there we would go and say the sodomite and the transgender person there, somebody who is going and acting effeminate when they ought not be, uh, they're not going to go and inherit the kingdom of God either in 1 Corinthians. And so we see this all throughout Scripture. God does shout about sexual sin. But once again here, you see this whole idea of a trans, a Christian transgender summit or conference uh, October 7th through the 9th in Chicago. So watch out for that. Be on the the, the alert that, that transgenderism is going to be uh, pushed to be accepted within uh, big evangelicalism. It's going to be soft-pedaled, uh, of course, in many churches that it can't be accepted in because the culture just isn't that far in decay and rot yet. So if you're not in a super leftist liberal place, uh, it's going to come in in such a Hegelian dialectic, which by the way, Hegelian dialectic here, it's simply the idea that you have the, the original idea, the thesis, then you have the antithesis, which is is this idea of sh- in Chicago here, 
this idea of the complete antithesis, the anti-idea, that, that Christianity and transgenderism uh, coexist and they're together and they intersect is the word that they use. And it's going to come and hit this this original idea. It's going to go and, and hit that original idea. And the goal is, is that then there's going to be a synthesis a new idea that you're going to be moved from your original premise that transgenderism is wrong and a sin to God, and you're going to be moved into a new place. You might not be exactly where they want you yet, but they're moving you close to that, and they're moving you away from biblical principles. The quick, the quicker you move away from biblical principles, the faster you will fall. It'll be a quick worry downward trajectory. So what's going to happen is that these churches that are in more conservative places, I live in Iowa, so this will be the majority of, of normal evangelical churches in Iowa, you know, get rid of the the, the the crazy ELCA Lutherans, get rid of the, you know, uh, blue-haired Methodists and things like that that you've got out there. It, it, I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about the, the normal evangelical, e-free, seeker-friendly church or the uh, big Baptist church or the big non-denominational church or the, the, the hyper-grace charismatic church or whatever it might be. What, what's going to happen is that they're going to go and, and take this idea of transgenderism and they're going to say, look, you just need to start loving your neighbor. You just need to love your neighbor better. We need to go into be accepting of them within the church. We're not saying that we're okay with transgenderism, but, but we need to be accepting towards them. We need to extend the love of Jesus towards them. See, I'm telling you here, if, if I lost about 15 pounds, I could put on a nice tight pair of skinny jeans and I could make millions of dollars going and saying this stuff because I got you convinced right now, don't I, that this is okay. Yeah, what's wrong, Pastor Sam? Shouldn't we be loving? Well, yes, we should be loving towards them, but love is not accepting of sin. Love warns. Love warns. That's what love does. It warns. It tells them that, look, God has a standard. God is holy. God loves you so much that Jesus Christ came down, and yes, he died on the cross for your sins, but he came down, he died on the cross for your sins to save you from your sins, not so that you would remain in your sins. So I, I give no quarter to your sin. I'm not going to go and bring in your sin. I'm not going to go and give safe harbor to your sin. Rather, I'm going to repudiate it. I'm going to rebuke it. I'm going to correct it in your life. Why? Not because I don't like you, not because I like being mean to you, not because I like saying uncomfortable, harsh things, but because I want to see you come to holiness. I want to see you move closer towards Jesus Christ. But you need to be on the lookout for this because this is what is coming down the pike, and so you need to be on guard against this. We've got just a few minutes here uh, that I want to take, and I, and, and, and I want to discuss for you just a little bit of where social justice comes from, because I, I want this to be a little bit of a, a learning so that we can understand too, uh, really who the, the grandparent of social justice is. But before we do that, I, I just want you to go and email us at contactwokipedia at gmail.com. Once again, that's contactwokipedia at gmail.com. And I want you to say who your favorite host is. Is it me? Is it Pastor Micah? Is it Kyle Witt? Of course it's me. I mean, we, we know it's me. But I want you to just go ahead and drop in there, say, Thank you, Kyle, for editing the videos. You rock. Um, not for any particular reason, but just because I want you to email us. That's really what it is. Uh, and I needed to promote it some way, so I figured that'd be a fun way to do it, is that you would, that everybody would flood our email saying, We miss Kyle and Micah. I, I'm just saying that. That's that's the way to do it. And after you do that, you need to go and, of course, subscribe 
on Apple, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts from. You need to subscribe to us, YouTube, subscribe to us there too, and you need to give us a five-star review. If you're listening to this on YouTube, go ahead and hit that thumbs up. Never said that before about YouTube, so that was kind of a fun thing to say. But I do want to discuss just a little bit here to end today as to where I believe ultimately who the grandparent of social justice is. And it comes from an old, old, old heresy. In fact, a heresy that was talked about specifically within Scripture. Uh, The book of 1 John, for example, was given as a repudiation to this heresy. And that is called, that heresy, that false teaching, is called the heresy of Gnosticism. Gnosticism. Now, Gnosticism, it, it comes from the Greek word gnosis, which means knowledge. And the whole idea of Gnosticism is this idea of hidden knowledge. But before we get into the hidden knowledge, I want us to understand something about Gnosticism. Gnosticism was a, well, and is, really, we, we have it today. It's just called Neo-Gnosticism. Um, social justice would be very much considered part of Neo-Gnosticism in my mind. Um, and it, it's really a religion of dualism. Uh, of this idea of of dualism, um, in their whole idea was that the spiritual was good and materialism or the material world, not materialism, but the material world was bad. And, and so because of this, they had this origin that uh, basically there is a God. And so in one sense, they were they were monotheistic, that there was one God, but then there was kind of this 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 co-eternally, equal, not God, maybe not quite equal in power, but this, this co-eternally not equal, uh, somewhat equal uh, figure that was also kind of a God, uh, but a fake God who was there as well, and he was the creator of the physical world, and so therefore, and he was the bringer of evil, and so he represented evil, and that's why the physical world or the material world was, was bad and evil. But then once again, here you had this other God who was the, the, the savior of the spirit, and so he was the representation of, of what was good. And of course, the, the story where uh, this is a, a, a Christian heresy, right? Uh, the, it came as a, uh, from within the church, um, this idea of Gnosticism, uh, although it really comes from Zoroaster, Zoroastrianism and things like that. Uh, which is a pagan and in Persian specifically, but uh, but really this idea uh, where they got the idea that well look there's this creator of the universe he's bad well who is the God who who spoke of creating the universe well he's the God of the Old Testament so therefore uh, that's bad now now some of you might be listening here and going like well I can kind of understand this here because I'm I'm not a big fan of the Old Testament myself some of you might say that uh, I wouldn't I'm a big fan of the Old Testament because I'm a big fan of God and God is the author of the Old Testament. But, but, but some of you might be a little bit on the, the Marcionite side of things and going like, look, we reject the Old Testament. We don't like words like law. We don't like words like repentance. Even though both of those are in the New Testament, we just conveniently ignore that. But, but nonetheless, here, I'm trying to give you the benefit of the doubt. The, the problem of the Gnostics was that there was no New Testament written yet. So they're saying we don't like the Old Testament, and there is no New Testament yet. So what ultimately were they saying, these early Gnostics, we really don't like the Bible. 
We don't want to be led by the Word of God, which is where this whole idea of hidden knowledge comes from, because you still have to be led by a code of ethics somewhere. Uh, it's it's really impossible to not have some kind of a code of ethics. It, it, anarchy, uh, some people like it on paper, but there's, there's no practical anarchy. It doesn't really work. Um, whenever people do what's right in their own eyes, they end up getting conquered, and then that, those people bring a code of ethics. Uh, and by the way, even anarchy, you're just saying that I'm going by my own code of ethics. It's not going by no code of ethics. It's just you're going by your desires instead, and that becomes your code of ethics. But I'm, I'm getting a little bit off track here, so let's, let's bring it back here. The Gnostics, they had this hidden knowledge that was from within themselves as to where they would go and find this. And this became their theology. This became their code of ethics. And ultimately, their code of ethics was uh, good thoughts, good words, good deeds. And you might be sitting here saying, well, that's interesting. Those Gnostics are terrible, but what does this have to do with social justice? Well, I want to bring out three uh, real simple correlations between Gnosticism and social justice. This is something we'll probably flesh out in the future, but but I do think it's just interesting to kind of understand and to see that there is nothing new under the sun. We are dealing with really old heresies in this new era, but it's really rooted in an old heresy. Uh, demons aren't that great at coming up with <laughs> new errors or, or new doctrines. Uh, the doctrines of demons today are the same doctrines of demons yesterday essentially. But the three errors that Gnosticism and social justice have in common, the first one is is that rejection of the material. Um, ultimately, social justice, they, they really hate the material world. Now, it's interesting because they, they really do have a uh, desire and a passion for uh, the material world. They're very envious. That's why they like socialism as their preferred uh, economic uh, viewpoint is that they, they like that idea of socialism and they, they, they're, they're greedy and they're covetous and they, they want to steal from other people when wealth gets redistributed, which, by the way, those are all things that God says not to do. Ten Commandments, go check them out. Great thing to look, look at. Uh, you know, thou shalt not steal, um, you know, and also thou shalt not covet, things like that. But they, they really want this, which also goes in line with Gnosticism, because Gnostics, there were some who went and basically kind of went down the monk route of going and swearing off material things, depriving themselves, having a really strict diet, things like that. But, but most of them became more like the, 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 the Nicolaitans. They, they, they just kind of went out and they did whatever they wanted to go and do. They, they, because materialism didn't matter. It was, the material world didn't matter. It was what was all vanity anyway. Uh, they were like, hey, let's go eat and drink. Let's just go and, and, and have sex with whoever we want. Let's just go and do all these kinds of things. That is really the uh, the idea of social justice. They go and they say, look, we hate the capitalist, we hate the wealthy person. Specifically, we hate the wealthy white man because they're the anti-intersectionality mark points. We, we hate those people, and so we want to go in to take their wealth from them because they got their wealth through privilege. 
couldn't be that they worked hard. And even if they did work hard, it's because of the culture around them that is white centric and things like that. So let's go and take that from them. Well, they're going and saying that they hate materialism at the same time. They're also going and saying that they love the material world uh, and, and they're embracing that. And that's very Gnostic of them to go and to repudiate that of, in somebody else's life and then to go and to go and say, but I want it all myself. I want it. We want to collect. We want to collect and things like that. The, the second way that Gnosticism uh, in, in social justice correlate as well, uh, is that ethical code specifically that I mentioned. Um, good thoughts, good words, and good deeds, which that sounds, you know, very uh, appeasing at first. It, it, it sounds nice. It sounds acceptable. Trying not to use the term good for fear of using that word too much here. But the problem is, is that when you start to divorce it from the word of God, you can no longer define what is good. You can't define what is good. Good becomes a subjective term in their defining what is good as opposed to looking to God to see what is good. And this is exactly what social justice does. They, they would go and say, well, look, we need to have good thoughts, good words, and good deeds towards all men. And so therefore, we're going to go in to affirm the same-sex attraction. Pretty soon they're going to be saying, we're going to affirm those who um, are confused in their gender or like to, to, to dress and drag. We're going to go in to affirm them because that's, that's a good word, that's, that's a good thought, and that's a good deed towards them. In fact, we're going to go in to encourage them. We're going to show up at the uh, library drag queen story hour to show our support to them, and we're going to raise money for them. In fact, we're going to invite them in to do a drag queen story hour into our church. We're going to go and do these things. Why? Well, because it's good. Because it's good. That, that's what they're going to say, and they're going to get a lot of people uh, to go into uh, agree with that because most people in America today are Gnostics or Neo-Gnostics today, most people within the Christian church. They've really believed in a lot of the tenets of Gnosticism. But the problem is, is that they're not defining what is good. They're running away from the definitions of what is good because they're divorcing themselves from the Word of God to find their own ethic because they're going and removing themselves from God's eternal moral law. And that's a problem. That's a problem. It leads to the path of destruction. The third thing that I want you to notice that is a correlation between social justice and Gnosticism is really in this idea of hidden knowledge, just in the probably the most general term of Gnosticism, what they're most known for, this idea of hidden knowledge. See, they had this hidden knowledge, and of course, it was ultimately used, the Gnostics, to go and to undo the authority of the Bible, to undo the Word of God itself, uh, in, in that sense, at least in their life. Uh, and, and we do see that also in social justice, but specifically social justice is based upon hidden knowledge. Uh, we went over this with standpoint epistemology. It's the idea that, well, you can't really understand. You can't really understand unless you have it from the perspective of somebody who has been oppressed. So we ultimately can't look at the Word of God and say, well, God's Word says this, and this is objectively true, and this is good, and so therefore we're going to go with God's Word. God said it, I believe it, that settles it. We can't say that anymore. 
We have to go in to get the perspective from the person who has 15 marks in the intersectionality scale. You know, they're a uh, they're they're a a left-handed person of color who identifies as as as, as a girl, but they were born a boy, and they're a lesbian. Uh, but that actually means that they still have a straight identity if you go by biology. But their biology is messed up. Oh, and also they identify as a peanut. And, and because of all of these things, we have to go and get their perspective in order to understand. We can't actually go and get objective truth from the Word of God. What are they saying? that the more oppression you have, the more hidden knowledge you have. They're inherently Gnostic in their view. It's inherently a direct descendant from Gnosticism, which is literally one of the greatest, some of the greatest warnings that we have both in the early church history and, of course, even in Scripture itself. Really, Jude was going and written against Gnostics, those who have crept in unawares within the church. The book of 1 John is a refutation of Gnosticism. We, we see these ideas of just refutations of Gnosticism over and over and a warning, and a warning even that they'll sneak into the churches and then the, the second generation, the third generation of Christians are going in and going against Gnostic heretics. Well, we see that social justice in, in at least three different ways. These are just three simple ways in hidden knowledge, in their code of ethics that they come to, and also this rejection of the material world while still desiring the material world. All of these things scream Gnosticism. That's what we're dealing with with social justice. So I, I, I say this as, as informational, but I also say this as encouraging. You're not the first one to fight this battle. I'm not the first one to fight this battle, nor will we probably be the last ones to fight this battle. It, it, Gnosticism has been around for a long time. It's, a, it's an old religion. It's an old heresy. It's an old apostasy away from the faith. Keep the faith. We've been fighting it for a long time. Keep fighting the good fight. And let us know if you see any correlations with this Gnosticism in your church. Let us know. Email us at contactwokipedia at gmail.com. Once again, that's contactwokipedia at gmail.com. Also, don't forget, go to enemieswithinthechurch.com. Go ahead and donate there. You can help support our ministry that we're doing here. We're, we're on, uh, I think, 26 radio stations on uh, several of them uh, twice a week. We're looking at growing the radio even more uh, in, in this kind of a presence. Uh, we're, we're across the United States with this. Uh, we also, of course, have the podcast. We're writing um, articles. And, of course, we're also looking at, at doing some other stuff, some exciting stuff that's coming uh, through the pike. So uh, go ahead and donate there at Enemies in the Church. It helps out this ministry. Uh, we're, we're some of the only ones that really stand up. We're not the only ones, but we're some of the only ones who stand up, speak out. We're willing to name names. We're going and in, in, in willing to, to, to just call out anybody that's going against the Word, word of God. But also, I, I want to point out this because this is really important. We're not Gnostics. One of the big things about Gnosticism uh, and Neo-Gnosticism, so Gnosticism, old Gnosticism, it went and it rejected the body of Christ, the physical body of Christ, uh, whether in the resurrection or in general, saying that Jesus only came as a spiritual being or he only had a spiritual resurrection. There was a little bit of uh, disagreement within the hidden knowledge guys. 
But neo-Gnosticism really rejects the local church, which is also the body of Christ. We know that it's referred to as the body of Christ. We don't reject the local church. We're a ministry that is submitted to local churches. We're a ministry that is about the local church, that, that props up the local church. And it's, it's one of those things that there are very few. There's a lot of people who go out and they, they might do this kind of a, a thing where they're calling out false teachers and things like that, but they don't do it in a submission to a local church. They don't do it in the submission to the, the local church uh, or, or multiple local churches where we're members of different local churches, but, but they, don't, they, they don't care about the local church. They do it in a separate entity. They do it as a lone wolf. They do it in a Gnostic way. And ultimately, they can't rightly fight social justice if they're doing it in a Gnostic way because social justice is a descendant from Gnosticism. So go ahead and go to enemieswithinthechurch.com. Once again, that's enemieswithinthechurch.com. And uh, donate today to support this ministry because it is supporting the body of Christ and it is going and really helping promote the gospel, the real gospel, that Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sin. He was buried and he rose again on the third day. And if we do as what it says in Romans 10, 9, that we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in our heart that God has raised from the dead, then thou shalt be saved. We proclaim the repentance from sin. We proclaim the idea of believing in Jesus Christ and turning towards him to be saved. And if that's a ministry that you want to be involved in, go ahead and support us over there. We would appreciate it greatly. Thank you in advance. Keep standing for the truth and don't go woke.